Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And what is a light day in Sens news is a heavy day in the news to our neighboring country down south. So we thought we'd have some fun being U.S. Election Day and take a look back at some of the best American players to ever play for your Ottawa Senators. Now, mind you, if we're building a team right now, there's a lot of things that could go into it. So we're going to explain at the start some fun stories behind them. I mean, hey, one of the players on this team is currently a mayor of a U.S. city. All that and we're being censored. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, November 3rd. This might be a day for the history books, Pilsy. It's a big one for the U.S. down south. Yeah, and there have been a lot of great American-born players playing in Ottawa. So we decided to construct a full lineup. You know, we've been seeing these way-too-early projections for what the Ottawa Senators lineup could look like. But it's always fun to take a national look at things going into the Olympics and such. But there's such a wide variety from 1992 all the way until this year and going forward. Like, full disclosure, Josh Norris is on this team because – you know, we see the potential in him. And you know Pilsy and I, we're chemistry guys. And there happens to be a certain line of All-Americans that had a pretty memorable game this past season. But before we get to the top six of the team, let alone the bottom six and the six defensemen, you know we're a goalie-friendly show. We're going to start with the goalies once we get into the team. But before we get into the team, we got to talk about some of the notable cuts that were made. I think we should start with uh, the mayor, as you as you teased from the start. That's a big one, and he's our extra guy for a reason. Brandon Bachensky, like when you have a guy that can lead an entire town, you're gonna want him watching the game from the press box, making sure everyone's doing their job. And then he comes down at the end of the game and he lays it all out. Who's got to do better? He does his management that way. I think Brandon Pachensky as our extra guy. And hey, if you need to plug him in the lineup, he's ready to go. As long as it's an AHL lineup, you know, he did uh, some good things down in Binghamton, not so much at the NHL level outside of that unreal preseason where we're like, oh my God, Spezza and Heatley. And then you throw Bachensky on the wing. That frees up Alfie onto another line as well. But nope, didn't end up working for Brandon Bachensky. But funny enough, he's actually the mayor of Grand Forks, the town in North Dakota where all of the Sens farm team resides. So how fitting of all places for the North Dakota fighting senators to play, not only a former senator, but also an alumni of the school. Uh, another notable absentee, Andre Waugh. He's been a guest on the show. We wanted to have him. He was born in New York, but growing up in Quebec, playing in the Quebec League, it just didn't feel right to have him on the list. No, I think if you listen to Andre Waugh talk for two sentences, you're like, I don't think this guy's from New York. So it just, 
it just felt weird. So we didn't go with that. And um, on Bochensky, he's only 38 years old and he just retired from the KHL like two seasons ago, which is pretty crazy going from a KHL career to the mayor of Grand Forks, North Dakota. So this guy's got range. You want him on your team. Range as well in his international career, going back to Bochensky, played for the United States, I believe in the World Juniors. And then in 2016, he had been overseas for so long. He played in the 2016 World Championships for Team Kazakhstan. So nice. A couple other notable absentees. And Brian Gibbons, you didn't think he was going to make the list, but when you sort, and we talked about Robbie Arventi being sixth in the Liga in a stat called points per 60, the amount of points you have per 60 minutes that you have on the ice. Brian Gibbons is number one in Ottawa Senators history, Pilsy, and he's ahead of names like Alish Hemsky, Danny Heatley, and Jason Spezza. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Like, when he came over, we're all just like, eh, this is just a guy. Like, he's a roster guy. But when he had that Ottawa Senators uniform on for those 20 games – Nothing could go wrong. He was tipping in pucks like crazy, like 14 points in 20 games. He went to the Hurricanes next season, zero points in 15 games. Like this guy, he should have stayed in Ottawa for the sake of his career. I think he would have racked up the points. I don't know if he was offered a contract per se, but definitely Gibbons cashing in there. One last point in Carolina Gibbons had than what our head coach of the team had in Ottawa, and that's Scott Gomez. Maybe one of the most entertaining Instagram accounts around. Just seems like a guy who needs to be the coach. Hey, he was the head coach of the other team in the top prospects game where Mike Knubel, who came on the show, was Jake Sanderson's coach. So he does have his coaching experience as well. Also has uh, experience as an assistant with the New York Islanders for a couple of years and a couple Stanley Cups as a player. Only playing 13 games, though, with Ottawa. So we got Scotty Gomez behind the bench. So that leads us in to the players who are actually on the team. And you know where we're starting. Craig Anderson, the number one goalie. I'll list off all three, and then we can break them all down. So Craig Anderson, Damian Rhodes, third in games played, fifth in wins in franchise history, beating out Ben Bishop because, hey, if you need a guy to come in for a short-term situation – Ben Bishop might be your best bet. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, Bishop was only with the Sens for a while. So it it seemed to make a little more sense having Damian Rhodes there as he was one of the one of the OG goalies, really, for the Senators. And let's let's start with Craig Anderson, though. Hashtag goalie friendly show. This was the easiest decision on the entire roster. Starting goalie, Craig Anderson. I mean, let's just take a look at some of the categories he leads in for the Sens. Games played, wins. Uh, shots against not shutouts oddly enough Patty Lalim still has that minutes like he's he's the leader in almost all goaltending categories and, and he assists. was an absolute stud <laughs> yeah yeah true he's got a couple apples there too. so Craig Anderson you gotta you gotta love what he brought to this team it's a shame that uh, this was the final season he didn't get a proper send-off which Really, thinking about that now, that really is sad that that's the way that had to all go down. But we still love him here, and uh, he is your All-American team starting goaltender. Fun fact about Craig Anderson, too, had 40 playoff games with Ottawa. If he had played the two games at the start of 2015 where they had to keep Andrew Hammond in, he would have been number one. One game behind Patrick Lalim. Game one would have tied him. 
and game two would have gone ahead. Funny enough, against Montreal, the hometown of Patrick Aleem. So a uh, stud in the playoffs, 928 save percentage with Ottawa. Craig Anderson, team is feeling very confident having him between the pipes as we move to the All-American blue line, the 06-07. Crazy to think that this was the bottom pair of the Senators' top six. And it was Tom Pricing and Joe Corvo. Tom Pricing was only a Senator for a very short period of time, one season, but he was plus 40 and had 38 points. Like, this guy came in, proved a point before he signed his big ticket, I believe, in Colorado. Colorado or LA, one of those two teams is ringing a bell for me. But yeah, it's funny that this was an actual pairing and a solid pairing at that. And look, this is the proper way to make deep pairings. You have an, a more offensive guy in precinct with uh, 38 points plus 40, like you mentioned. And then you got Joe Corvo, the tough defenseman, but he can also handle the puck too. So this was one of the better chemistry pairs in Sens history. And for them to be on that third pairing is pretty crazy because they had a lot of success that year. I think it's fair to say this is circa Joe Corvo first stint in Ottawa, which I think we made clear because he did come back in that 13-14 season and play 25 more games. But when he was with Ottawa from 06-07 for the two seasons, season and a half actually before he was traded to Carolina, he had that 37-point season, eight goals, played all 20 games in the playoffs, including that game one overtime goal against Buffalo in the conference finals. So when you score a goal that big, you automatically get a berth on this kind of team and let alone first pair. And I think that's a pretty solid first pair in terms of the other positions. I mean, we'll get to the forwards, but the center depth, not exactly, um, how would you say this nicely, deep? Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, Joe Corvo came from Los Angeles to Ottawa, whereas Tom Pricing, did sign in Los Angeles, and then finished his career in Colorado, but did go from Ottawa there. He actually came to Ottawa in the trade that sent Martin Havlat as well to Chicago. So it was Havlat to Chicago, pricing to Ottawa just for the one season. But, hey, credit to John Muckler in that situation. He got a very good defenseman uh, on a pretty reasonable deal, I'm sure, playing in that bottom pair. Moving to the second pair on the roster, we've got Brian Pothier, and Lance Pitlick, a little offense-defense combo there. Yeah, and the, these are the kind of pairs you want. Like we said at the start of the show, we tried to match them chemistry-wise, how we think it would work. And Brian Pothier had the best season of his entire career with the Sens in 05 35 points in 77 games. For an undrafted guy, that's pretty impressive. And I actually really liked what he brought to the team that year. It's, it's too bad things didn't work out and he, he didn't stay long-term. But then... Hand it over. I'll hand this over to you, Ross, your boy, Lance Pitlick. Yeah, I'll get to Lance Pitlick in just a second. My first ever Ottawa Senators jersey. But as I'm looking up Brian Pothier, and he did have some good seasons in Ottawa, like worked his way up type thing because he was with Atlanta, got traded to Ottawa for Sean McEachern, another American who we'll get to. But Ooh. then he worked his way up in Binghamton, 47 points, 48 points, and then came up to Ottawa in an 5 6 he had 35 points, 59 penalty minutes, was plus 29 as well. Obviously, Ottawa made some changes after that season, not getting past Buffalo in the second round. They're like, hey, we got to get past Buffalo. So what did they do? They made a couple moves, and next year, they do exactly that. So Brian Pothier, and you want to hear a funny note, we should have used this to transition, but in 2010, so years later, after Brian Pothier had been in Washington, 
the Carolina Hurricanes acquired him in exchange for Joe Corvo. So funny how that comes <laughs> full circle. But then Lance Petlick, just your steady, stay-at-home defenseman. I was comparing him. You were asking about him because obviously he was like a 90s uh, Ottawa Senator. And I call him a, a poor man's Chris Phillips. Like still tough in his own end, great in the corners, can box out in front of the net really well. I don't know if you're really relying on him to put up points per se, but right shot defenseman, always at a premium. Love to slot this guy in, and um, a great locker room guy. Wore a letter for Ottawa for a little while, wearing the A. Yeah, and he's stuck around in Ottawa for a long time, 228 games. So this guy was a mainstay in the capital city, so definitely you want to see him get on there. Now for, for the third pair, now we're getting a little more recent. Ron Hainsey and Chris Weidman, I think that more or less tells you the depth that Ottawa has had in this position. But you had a veteran presence in uh, Ron Hainsley. And then with Chris Weidman, you're looking at a power play specialist. You're saying, okay, Corvo and Pricing can play on one pair. Then maybe Pothier and Weidman on the second. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, hey, this is good to have Hainsey with Weidman. I feel like Weidman's a guy who could use some mentorship. Like, unfortunately, I was really stoked for Weidman uh, when he was coming up through the ranks in Ottawa. He put up massive numbers in bingo, 51 points and 61 points in his last two seasons. AHL Defenseman of the Year that last season. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, like the hype was there. And we loved him uh, on Making Sense of the Sens when we started our podcast. He, he really only had that one good NHL season in 16-17 with 17 points in like 76 games or something. But Ubergate, that pretty much derailed his career. And he spent time in the minors and now he's in Russia, unfortunately for him. But that's a nice bottom pair. Maybe you get a couple points and you get Ron Hainsey uh, control on the, on the rocking chair back there in the back end. So that, that could be some fun for sure. The only time we're calling shotgun has been detrimental. Chris Wyden <laughs> in the Uber. So that's the top six and the goalies of our All-American Sens squad. I've got another question for you. But before we get to that question, let's talk to you about Built Bar. Because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And their new product, Built Go, is something that you have to see for yourself. It makes you the best you at whatever you do. You can break through your wall, whether it's mental or physical. Everyone has that wall. Break through it with Go. You can use it every day. They're in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. Look, this is how simple it is. They're so small. You can put it in your briefcase. You'll get the most focused presentation you ever had. If you want to go golfing, I know the weather's turning, but you can still sneak in that last round. And hey, if the weather's nice, you might want to play the extra nine. Well, Put these powders in your golf bag and you'll have that best nine of your life. Put it in your pocket and just get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy, but without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's literally better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink, but with a third of the caffeine and better results. Pilsy, you know you're the flavor guy on this podcast. Run us through the amazing flavors of Built Go. Well, you get your chocolate coconut. That's a nice chocolate mix with some light coconut flavor in there. Your chocolate mint. I know you're a fan of the chocolate mint combo, Ross. And classic, no chocolate in this one. Very rare for Built Bar, but peanut butter, honey, an amazing combo as well. The flavors are great, but what you need to know about Built Go is how it works so well. Let's break it down for you. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. What's collagen protein? It's a fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast. Plus, 
It's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks me into high gear to keep me going strong. The B6, the B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage. Are you kidding me? Collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. That discount is unreal. Get it while it lasts 30% off your next order of BuiltGo. All you have to do is go to BuiltGo.com and put in the promo code LOCKED for 30% off your next order. Let's go. So, Pilsy, before I ask you about the curious case of Bob Kadelski, let's recap where we're at now. In goal, uh, Craig Anderson, Damian Rhodes, and Ben Bishop on defense. You've got Price and Corvo, Hothier Pitlick, and Hainsey Weidman as that bottom pair. You'll notice an absentee there, Brian Lee. I guess if we went 7D, you might have to sneak him in. But just seeing that Anze Kopitar went right behind him and Mark Stahl to a lesser extent, just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Just like trading away Bob Kadelski. This makes no sense to me, Pills. He played two years in Ottawa. He's a guy who is very little known, but if you sort by goals per game, this guy is right up there with the top end of Sen's history. Why did they trade him? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. That's a head scratcher. You got to keep a guy like that in your system. So it sounds like a Brian Gibbons character. Like these are guys you got to hold on to. Well, somebody wrote into us on Twitter. We put out there at Send Central. We'll tweet out this whole lineup as well. But Stefan Carrier said, Springfield, Massachusetts is Bob Kudelski. He had 47 goals in 90 games for Ottawa. Then he was traded for Evgeny Dadnov. No, not that one. This is back in the early 90s. Isn't guy- it Ev- Evgenev Dadinov? Ev- Davidov. Davidov. Yeah, it's so close. So close. Wow. I just butchered it. I just read it straight through. That is hilarious. Almost as hilarious as trading him after he puts up a 21-goal season in 48 games, then puts up 26 in 42. Sure enough, maybe the Sens Pro Scouts weren't all that wrong because he had 20 goals in his next 70 games, which, I mean, on pace is okay, but that was over three seasons with the Florida Panthers. So he kind of went off to the wayside. So Bob Kodelski, not on this final roster, but here are the guys who are. We'll start with top line. Number one, we've got Sean McEachern on the left side with Brian Smolinski and Nick Foligno on the right side. Kind of a, a weird one when you think about it, but Smolinski, a shoot first center. You got Nick Foligno, hopefully not taking goalie interference penalties every five minutes. And then Sean McEachern, top 10 in scoring. Is Sean McEachern one of the more underrated players in Sens history? Absolutely. Like, he's a guy that I always kind of glance over, but then you start looking at the all-time points leaders, and he's right up there, right in the mix. I think 11th, right? So he, he was a solid goal scorer when he was with the Sens. He had 30 goals twice in six seasons. Like, this guy could put up points. And I think another one of his seasons was 29 points. So he was always putting the puck in the back of the net and yeah this is a fun little line here I love Nicky Fleggs on this line like he he got traded at a peak time good return Mark Mathot coming back but he's a high character guy he brings leadership to the team and hey he can still put up decent amount of points so I think he's a guy that can really help keep this line together and help uh, McEachern and Smolinski put the puck in the back of the net 
Yeah, Brian Smolinski as well is a guy who has been able to score a lot of goals over his career. I remember his patented wrist shot was always impressive, being able to just beat goalies clean with that yellow synergy. So you got Brian Smolinski there, the finisher, um, as well as McEachern, 142 goals with Ottawa. That's nothing to, to turn your nose at. And also a Stanley Cup champion in 1992 with Pittsburgh before coming to Ottawa. So pretty confident that top line can put the puck in the back of the net. And this second line, they played together for one whole game, but that was enough to sell me on the chemistry. Josh Norris at center, Brady Kachuk, and Bobby Ryan. For anyone who doesn't remember, that was the line, the Vancouver Canucks game where Bobby Ryan had that unreal moment with the hat trick. That was a big reason we put this line together. And I actually don't mind this line because you got Kachuk and Norris, best friends. They're going to be wreaking havoc, grinding to get the puck. And then Bobby's going to keep him in check uh, on and off the ice, hopefully. And then once he gets open, he'll get a couple empty netters when the kids set him up, unless Josh Norris tries to, t- tries to take that pass and get one for himself. But yeah, Bobby Ryan, man, say what you want, but this for an American player for the Sens, he did pretty well for himself, and he put up some decent seasons. Obviously not compared to the money he was making, but he had some talent, and that playoff run all but uh, secured his spot in Sens history. That was a magical playoff run. So I think he'd be a good mentor for these two young American players. I think the only reason why Bobby Ryan and Brady Kachuk weren't on that top line instead were, well, I mean, shout out Sean McEachern. Maybe Brady hasn't surpassed him just yet, but... We wanted to keep that together and having Josh Norris as the number one center when he's literally played two games for the Ottawa Senators might have been a little rich for many's taste. Maybe we would have had to switch it out for the guy who we have centering the third line. Poor Colin White, but we have him in a role that is perfect for him. That third line, two-way center, maybe he contributes offensively. Hey, maybe he doesn't, but we've got some offense on his wings. Ryan Dezingle, 20-goal scorer with Ottawa, and Patrick Eves. Talk about creating a career for yourself. This guy just left the NHL and unfortunately he was on a health related issue, but this guy could play. Oh yeah. He could play for sure. I loved him with the sense. I actually kind of forgot that he was a sense draft pick. Like that's going way back. Cause he bounced around a bunch of places in the league. And I, I love that trade too. That sent Eves away, getting Corey Stillman and Mike Commodore in return. That was a nice little pickup for the sense. And Man, if he can teach those two young guys to zingle and white how to grow facial hair, that could be a scary third line because that guy's got one hell of a beard. But I think I still think uh, Zinger can play. Like he's got offensive talent. It's just he can't really find a spot where a coach likes him enough to use him properly. So I think a third line role for Zinger would be great. And yeah, Whitey's going to be setting up Eves and Zinger on the wings. And those two guys, they can be streaky goal scorers. Like Patrick Eves had a couple seasons where he potted way more goals than assists. So I think that's a nice third line. You get some two-way checking in there as well. So that's uh, that'd be fun to watch those guys play. On the fourth line, it's kind of funny. It's a tale of two parts because there's not a whole lot of size in Ryan Shannon and Eric Condra, but if you've been listening to the podcast, you know what style of hockey we need. And there is a place for a guy like a Mike Peluso. Go watch that guy's tilt. He played one season in Ottawa and, as you'd expect, came over in the expansion draft, had just led the NHL with 408 penalty minutes the year before. He comes over, gets in 24 tilts with Ottawa, and I don't think he lost more than a couple. There aren't videos on all of them, but the ones there are, this guy, all I'm going to say, Pilsy, 
lefty. Big lefty. Oh my God, was he throwing haymakers with that southpaw. But yeah, this this fourth line is really funny because you got Condra, Condra and Shannon, two smaller guys. But what I like about Condra and Shannon for this fourth line is these guys had to work to get their NHL careers. Ryan Shannon, five foot nine, undrafted. He had a decent NHL career considering. And then Eric Condra was the third last pick of the entire draft in 06. So, like, he's, he's that classic, like, fringe NHLer. Top-line AHL guy, but can play an effective role on the fourth line. He even captained uh, Syracuse Crunch for a couple seasons, too. So, he gets some leadership there. And then Mike Peluso. I'll be honest, I never heard of this guy till we did, till we did this uh, All-American team. But what a guy for the Sens to pick up in your very first NHL season. You know you're not going to be a good team, and Lord knows they weren't. But if there's one thing you want, you want a guy that can go out there and scrap when you're down 6 nothing for the fifth game in a row. You can at least get a moral victory and uh, pump the guys up. And Mike Peluso, six foot four, so many pims. That's the kind of guy we want on our fourth line. And hey, before, before I cut that off too, he could put the puck in the back of the net too. 15 goals that season. That's not bad. 15 goals is very nice when you're talking about a fighter and when you're also talking about the guy who has the number one single season record for penalty minutes with 318. So this guy, he was minus 35, which would probably be middle of the pack on that inaugural Sens team. But you talk about igniting a rivalry. They had that built-in close proximity Sens, Habs in seven games against the Habs in his one year in Ottawa. Mike Peluso had 74 penalty minutes. So I think that tells you what kind of player he is on the fourth line. And I bet you Scott Gomez, head coach of this team, has him out there every other shift. Oh, yeah, sure. Maybe even second power play unit time. Get him in front of the net, just causing havoc, screening the goalie. I, hey, and yeah, 15 goals. He can score. Well, let's see what he's got. And like, that's surprising. I really didn't think that he would have the most single season pims for the Sens. So 100% he's on our fourth line. No doubt. You can go to Send Central on Twitter. We're going to tweet out our full lineup there and let us know what you think, who you'd have instead. But please just don't hide our tweets like the Ottawa Senators official account did. We don't, we don't need that. And Okay, Pilsy. So look, if it was something hateful, maybe even just an argument that you're starting out of nowhere, sure. The tweet that was hidden was promoting the number one daily source for all Sens prospect news at sense prospects friend of the show henry so i don't i don't like that strategy and i guess your thoughts what a weird move like yeah like what is going on here we're like this is us a sense podcast promoting another sense yeah i guess just account we'll call henry because he does this all just because he loves doing it and he's the best at it and then this is us just saying hey if you want more than just a weekly update you can get them every day at sense prospect like if you if you would have said like like this this reports garbage or whatever follow sense prospects instead then maybe i see that but it's, it's simply promotion and we've said a lot worse things on twitter so if this is what's going to get censored then that's a head scratcher for me. I don't get it. I did some detective work, and it's not the only tweet that they've hidden replies. And often it is accounts that are making notice of some mistakes uh, within either the article when he said that Chris Neal had his number retired on the official team account, saying that uh, in the year in review that Chris Phillips joined Daniel Alfredson and Chris Neal as the only players having their number retired. 
There was uh, snub mid- Frank Finnegan. Yeah, snub Frank Finnegan exactly. Which I mean, Timmy Superstar would have looked great in number eight, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, not a huge fan of it in general. I love that it took a, on a life its own in the sense that people were then going to that post specifically and saying at sense prospect just tagging them so you love that kind of uh, community atmosphere and hopefully the official team can get on board because the twitter verse is better and we saw that when craig medaglia was running the account that it's just a more fun place to be when the team is interacting and promoting these accounts heck henry was the guy who wrote those and don't say weekly because that they did it once a month so i don't know if we should be giving weekly credit and also Robbie Garventi has some pretty important games. I mean, it led this show yesterday. No mention of that in the October review. So you know to get all you need in terms of Sens daily content, you go to Sens Prospects or the Locked On Senators podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with hopefully some more content to dissect. If not, we've got a couple tricks up our sleeve. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.